Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott, and welcome back to yet another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. On today's show, we have the lead singer of one of America's best alternative rock bands, Nathan Willett from the Cold War Kids. This conversation took place about a month ago, so we're going to reference the new album, which actually just came out a couple days ago, The Tour, which I believe is coming to an end soon with the Kings of Leon. It's a great conversation. Nathan's a great guy. We get into all things from his love of tennis to the new record to the process of making music now to touring during a pandemic. And last but not least, his Desert Island Discs. So stay tuned. Coming up in just a moment, Nathan Willett from the Cold War Kids. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
How are you, Nathan? Good, man. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Thanks for being back. You're actually on tour right now, so I appreciate you stopping by. So I think you're on tour with Kings of Leon, which is great, right? Yeah. Uh, just we've had like four or five shows already. Um, and how's and it how's been, it gone, by the way? It's been amazing. It's so cool. I mean, a year and a half of no shows and um, uh, jumping right into this has been incredible, man. Like, I mean such a great thing for us are they mostly like outdoor venues and sheds yeah yeah awesome everyone we've done so far has been yeah and it's all been the like florida georgia swampy summer uh one song in i'm i'm drenched (laughs) well i want to get into how the tour is going how you feel about playing in this pandemic that's still raging on the new record more importantly because that's why we're here right to talk about the new music and the tour but tell me how you feel about being out there on the road right now because obviously we saw each other i feel like it was like maybe two years ago we did it in person which was great now i'm stuck in the studio you're in raleigh maybe where are you again i'm I'm in raleigh i'm in a glamorous hotel room um with some incredible art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's crazy, man. I, 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 you know, it's weird because I, I mean, I, I imagine any artist that is where we are is a little conflicted because you, you know, there's a chance that that there's some negative effects coming out of, of just performing and getting, you know, big groups of people together. But at the same time, you know, yeah, uh, we're going for it. We're doing it. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, um, was there know. a little bit of intrepidation from your side or were you just like, you know, we haven't played in a year and a half. Let's just jump right into it. Well, yeah, a little bit of, let's see. I, I think we, th- at the time that we originally, uh, you know, got the offer for the tour and accepted it. Um, it, it 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 was i guess uh, you know that uh, uh, a little bubble pre delta yeah yeah so it, it felt like yeah man the world's getting better and everything's cool and and it and it was such a relief because it you know of course we all want to have that like ah it's all over and now we know that that moment may not you know ever look that way um but uh so yeah i guess proceeding sort of with caution you know at that point it was even like uh, or, or at the time that we accepted it, we we're just like, let's go. This is going to be great. And then uh, as it as it actually came to as we're rehearsing for weeks, as we're, you know, it, it's strange because everything that you read in the news is bad. And um, but what we're seeing in front of us, we're rehearsing and uh, Alanis Morissette and Billy Idol are rehearsing next to us. They're Amazing. going out on tour. It's like, OK, this feels like this is normal. This is happening, you know. Yeah. And then we go out and we're playing these sheds and there's 20,000 people, you know, and it's yeah, it's it's strange. There's different, you know, versions of America out there. There's yeah, places yeah. where people Definitely. are just like. <laughs> going out and having a great time and there's no masks out there. And of course we're all conflicted. We're walking, you know, through a crowd, uh, to watch a Kings of Leon set, uh, you know, five dudes with masks on just kind of being a little cautious, but, um, but at the same time, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. It's interesting. The information is changing so quickly, right? Because I had Perry Farrell on the show, I guess, 
I don't know, let's say two months ago. And he's like, listen, we'll have to wait till next year about Lollapalooza. We have no idea. A day later, mm -hmm. the announcement comes out that Lollapalooza is happening. And then before you know it, yeah. there's 100,000 people <laughs> shoved into like sardine cans there or something. Crazy. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But I'm glad you're out, which is great. I want to talk about the new record. I want to talk about the last year for you too, Nathan, because it seems like You've been pretty busy. I mean, it seems like you got a lot of stuff going yeah. on. I saw this incredible performance, by the way, that you did. And I don't know if it was within the last year that YouTube performance where you did Freedom, George Michael. So um, we'll yeah. talk about that. But tell me about the last year for you. I mean, you know, the stuff that you're doing hobby wise with the family to everything that the band really has done besides making the new record, because we're going to get into that, too, obviously. Yeah. So we had this trilogy of records new age norms one two and three we finished three during this pandemic and um you know it, in the strangest time it, it, it felt like um obviously the whole world is on pause and i can't help but uh you know we we, we definitely had downtime um but but uh you know if it's just the five of us getting together and we we're being cautious and all that um yeah we were able to get a lot of studio time a lot of creative time there's a song actually that's um coming out tonight at midnight it's called wasted all night that we made this video for recently but um yeah i mean we were able to do a lot of good work and i'm excited you know that we got to make the most of the time um so yeah a lot of studio time i we're also we're in with one producer max uh who's my my brother-in-law awesome producer and then this other guy carlos de la garza who i actually my i got covid my whole family got covid oh, wow. i gave it to producer carlos de la garza his family got it and so i was you know so it was just like that was a crazy time. And when was that? Was um, that back in, was that last year or was that recently? Yeah, that was, uh, what, uh, oh my God, where are we? That was like January, I guess. Um, and then we got past that and then we just came back into the studio again and he and I were like, all right, we got past that. It's okay. <laughs> you know, which <laughs> was crazy. I mean, we're still cautious and everything. And it's crazy too, because his daughters actually, I don't know if you've heard of that band, the Linda Lindas, they yeah. kind of like blew up, went viral. Yeah. So those are his daughters. Uh -huh, band. Cool. So I ultimately am responsible for giving them COVID. So oh I, I think that all worked out. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, you did like the virtual tour. You did a Dylan cover. Yeah. There's actually a lot of things band wise yeah, that yeah. you did besides your hobbies, which I, I think tennis might be a hobby of yours that you might have picked up during it was, this. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> we picked it up. Like, honestly, I um, family, my house is always busy and full and like, um, but at one point, you know, my wife is just like, you need to do something different. You need to get into something. Like, Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And just nothing was sticking. I was like, ah, you know, I started playing tennis and it, it became the thing for me. Where yeah. I was just obsessed with it. And we, and, and then uh, some of the band guys, some of the crew guys, we would, we would just start playing all the time. We'd go out for hours, all these different courts all over LA. And it just became like the, the exact, I mean, it really is like literally the COVID thing that, yeah. you know, you can be separate on a big old court and like, just like, we, I just needed it, man. I needed to get all that energy out. 
By the way, I'm going to challenge you because I also picked up tennis during the pandemic. Ooh, and uh, my buddy, good. like Gavin Rosdale from Bush, is a big tennis player. And like, oh, I, I heard he's like, uh, he's, he's like, right? a, he's, he's like, like a pro. Like, I played nets to him. Right. And I'm, I'm not even going near uh-huh. the court when you're playing because he's like Wimbledon level. It's like crazy. Right, um, right, but I guess right. that was like a, something that musicians must, we're so active and, you know, musicians feel like they need to be running around all the time and just expend that energy that normally you do on stage. So I guess tennis yep. seems like a natural fit. But how did the virtual tour go? Because that was pretty unique, right? You did, you actually had like four virtual shows that you did. And, and the idea of a virtual tour was pretty interesting to me. And everyone was like looking to pivot and obviously stay active. So from a band perspective, was that pretty fulfilling for you to do that that kind of show? Uh, yeah, you know, it was. It, it obviously has the shortcoming of not being able to play, you know, get that energy from the audience. So it's like, it's good. I'm really glad we did it to kind of just keep our chops up and, and go back and relearn different parts of the catalog, old stuff. And we we played all of the first record, Robbers and Cowards. We, we played all of what was then the new, new Age Norms 2 record. So it's like, it's great, um, you know, just for us to kind of like stay in shape, stay rehearsed, stay active and, and like, and stay engaged to who we are and what we're doing and the material. Um, but also sucks because, you know, you're not playing to people and playing to people really is the thing, man. I mean, it's of just course. like, um, obviously, you know, but um, so it was good. I'm really, really glad we did it. Um, but there's, yeah, there's definitely no substitute for playing for people. No question. What's well, interesting, I mean, you turned down a lot of amazing tours over the years, but this is like one of the biggest shed tours I think you've done so far, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it is kind of crazy that we, uh, yeah, tours that we haven't done in the past just because it, it might not have felt like the right timing or whatever, but. But I love I just, love this story, it, by the way, Nathan, like Oasis calls. And you're like, I think we're busy right now. And then later on, you're like, holy yeah. shit, I should have done that tour, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if a pandemic a year doesn't give you time to reflect on things that at the time felt like, yeah, it's okay. You know, uh, there will always be time. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my God, what if there's not, you know? Um, yeah, that's a crazy one. I, th- there's things that, you know, in the, in the peak of our, uh, I don't know, buzzing early years, I, we got offered a lot of tours from Coldplay to Oasis to one of the most famous ones too, was, uh, we were supposed to go on the white stripes tour and got the call a couple of days before when they broke up and, and it was over, but we were supposed to play a show in LA at the forum and this whole tour was sold out and it was a big old arena tour all over the country and and they broke up and that and that was another for us where we're literally like, the night before you're supposed to play with them oh yeah we were <laughs> and we had been touring for really like the better part of three years up until that point so it was a mix it was the craziest mixed feeling ever because we were devastated we wanted to go on that tour so bad and then suddenly it was like oh we're just home for two months or whatever you know um but and I always thought like, oh, they'll break up, they'll get back together. They never did. Yeah. Never. That was truly it. Well, Jack White so, has like seven bands, so he's busy doing it. I mean, know? yeah, he's not, <laughs> yeah, he's, not, it's like, uh, he's not bored. But. Yeah. Well, I love the story too, by the way. So you're on the tennis court and all of a sudden one of you gets the call for this Kings of Leon tour, right? Literally. Yeah. Literally yeah. When yeah. You're playing I'm tennis. on the court. Moss gets the, I forget if it was a texture call. Yeah. He gets a call and it's like, and we had been talking about it so much, just like, oh my God, wouldn't that be a perfect, you know, perfect match, Kings of Leon, and just like uh, outdoor summer, you know, just it, it, it was that thing where 
it was like, and we kind of had some friends of friends of them. And we were going like, do we kind of reach out and try to say, Hey, Hey, you know, we really, please, please pick us. We want this so bad. You know, and we were like, no, no, don't, don't go there. Just be cool. We'll be patient, you know? And, uh, and yeah, Moss Saturday night. I said, we got the tour. We got the tour. <laughs> Somebody had a bunch of beers in their, their bag and we started popping and screaming. Cause it was like, you know, yeah, all that, all that pent up energy, all that, all that emotion of just kind of waiting. Um, it's awesome, man. It, great, great release. Yeah. Now, had you known the guys from Kings of Leon or was this the first time you ever met them? Uh, just kind of, uh, yeah, like mutual friends, but yeah, really first time actually meeting them and getting to hang a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They did this really interesting thing. I'm not sure if you saw it with their album, but they released it as an NFT which I think in a way is going to change the industry. And I feel like next time you buy a concert ticket next year, it'll be an NFT and it'll be an experiential thing. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on sort of where we're all headed, but I thought it was fascinating. I actually thought, I think that they did better with the NFT portion of what they were doing and being the first band to do that than I actually imagined it would do. But I think it did quite well for them. Yeah, I know nothing about that, <laughs> um, but I it's totally interesting to me. Like, I don't know... I I think I still haven't wrapped my head around that. You know what I mean? Like how they sold it um, and how that went for them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I that's great, man. Well, I think I, I think ultimately I wish... you buy like let's say you buy uh, you know a piece of art that's digital, but you get a backstage pass for life or whatever right. it may be. So there's an experiential part, which I could see you know, this industry moving into that direction, because at the end of the day, people are looking for added value. You know, technology is, is actually there's a, there's a big play right now with sort of just like you said, like experience everything. But but there, there's an art element in it too that I thought was very cool. Um, but how are the crowds? By I the love way? it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. How are the crowds, by the way? How is the rest of the world compared to L.A. where you guys are from? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been great, man. Yeah. Uh, it's hot. The crowds are like they're pumped, man. And getting to getting to play in front of that many people and just kind of get them warmed up. We have 50 minutes. So that's like it's actually a good, you know, it's it's kind of it's really as long as anybody needs to play music. Really. Yeah. 50 minutes is perfect. Awesome. <laughs> you know, and by the way, you guys so, have so I many mean, hits, it's so it's, I'm sure it's hard picking out the set list, right? Yeah, it is. But we get to mix it up a little bit and, you know, my kind of mo i think from just really even the last couple of years is just like to just always be writing and recording and we put out so much music and i think some of it has you know especially like in the last year some of it's fallen by the wayside a little bit like some especially the new age norms two songs came out during the pandemic um this next one coming out in the next month or so like i, I had to i think shifting my thinking into just that sort of like constant constantly working and constantly releasing um music not waiting for that sort of like masterpiece moment or the label to strategically line it up just perfectly you know it's like there's just so much material and uh i mean even to your nft points like i, I you know most has so much incredible you know physical artwork as you know and yeah. seen as like there's like it's the our problem is more like finding out where to put everything right. it, um you know so uh, yeah 
we should yeah, talk we about that for a minute. I, I was going to say we should talk about that for a minute because Moss like has this incredible passion for old concert T-shirts. And I know you yeah. collect things too. Don't you collect like CDs or you have like a CD player in your car or something? I yeah, think? I mean, we've always been kind of like, yeah, he and I are, I mean, we're both like same age and like kind of same school of thought where I think we're very nostalgic for things that like, you know, when we we're in high school and definitely like, listening to CDs in your car. I mean, we both also collect vinyl too, but yeah, he's a big, like, he's a full like vintage t-shirt head. And like, and I get a lot, I mean, this is like, I love this. Yeah, is like great shirt. stones voodoo lounge. Shirt. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, it, it's fun because it's, it's that cycle of like, you get turned on to records and um, ultimately, you know, it's like a, a t-shirt is weird because it's a band, a record, a graphic design, an artist that made it. There's so many things that like, makes the conversation always full circle you know so it's um i think it's weirdly like keeps us engaged uh just on so many levels yeah so i mean the 23 hours that you're not performing obviously you got sleep in there but are you guys going to record stores or you're hunting for vinyl i know moss is definitely hunting for t-shirts i i would assume yeah. that's what's going on but how do you stay busy on the other hours when you're not performing because i think people don't know that there's a lot of sitting around when you're on tour and obviously you got that yeah. one incredible hour on stage but then i used to like just i didn't know what the hell to do with myself when i used to tour i was like what do i do for these other 23 yeah. hours you know yeah i mean you know we have like we're definitely like a family too. I mean, we have, we have crew, like we have one new crew person this time around. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we hang a lot. We try to get our, you know, a little bit of downtime, quiet time a lot. We've been playing tennis a lot. We've been playing tick. We were the last night after the show next to like 10 Kings of Leon trucks, we set up a pickleball court Amazing. and we just like playing <laughs> and it was Moss birthday actually. And our tour manager, Gabe, was barbecuing some burgers and we just were just were hanging. You know, I think it's like still the novelty of being back on tour. It's just all like, you know, there's there's an energy when you have this many people on the same page where there's, you know, you can jump around. There's always there's somebody over in catering. You can hang out and talk with them for a while. Like I try to I've read a lot in the last year um, just being home. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm. And in, in, in the past on tour, like I, I definitely am more introverted. Like I need to get my time away from everybody. Um, but, uh, but I'm still just, yeah, enjoying hanging out, you know? Yeah. I feel like the books you're reading are inspiring these records that you're making. Is there some truth to that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, there comes a point where, um, you know you're the familiar of whatever is happening around you becomes the enemy of any type of you know creativity or inspiration and so you know just things outside of of the wheelhouse are um you know that being said it's like we we're in the bus last night somebody put on the oasis documentary super sonic and, and it was like <laughs> the most incredible thing i've ever seen it was the most like it's great you know uh you need subtitles you need a little subtitles with those, right absolutely you do those guys yeah yeah hard to understand i would watch it and i'm like what are they saying and then i'd rewatched it with the subtitles i was like all right i got it yeah (laughs) deep thick accent yeah so let's talk about the new record you actually did three records over the course of the last i don't know what is it five years maybe new age one two and three yeah three years pretty much consecutively i think like new age arms one was so is it 19 20 21 yeah 
And so this record, New Age Norms 3, comes out September 23rd. And tell us about it. Like, who produced it? I think Carlos might have produced it. Yeah, Carlos uh, De Garza, did, he ended up doing one song. We did a whole bunch of material with him that will be like a later EP that I think we're thinking about for next year. Um, but uh, yeah, we did, let's see. New Age Rooms 2 we did with Sean Everett. Um, he's an incredible dude. The stuff that he does is constantly amazing. He was working on this Killers record and a War on Drugs record and a Julian Casablanca's record all while he was doing our record for New Age Norms 2 and just insane juggling it all. So we had a lot of songs with him that were sort of half-baked um, that we went in with the producer, Max Epstein, who um, we just basically kind of finished it ourselves, which is really good for us because we are on a place now where like we kind of should be producing ourselves more and no you know we know what we want and we, we we do what we do so um yeah it was a really fun process of i think like uh kind of taking a little more ownership over these songs and also just like uh it was a more, I don't know, it's hard to explain the, the difference between the records and some of them are more um, myself and a producer mm. working, putting them together. Others were like just totally raw band in a room, you know, finding out chords and arrangements and, you know, lyrics happening quickly and just kind of going that way. And I love both of those totally different ways of working. And, um, and so, yeah, we brought, like you know band dudes were all in the studio at different times and um coming in and throwing ideas around and we just finished up all these songs and we just um yeah it's it, it's uh it's hard to know what the what the uh the part of the experiment of all this was just like taking each one two and three and deciding to go into it with a spirit of like a totally different one than the one before it with a mm. different producer and a different mentality and a different approach um i think this one um was the the least labored over and the most like fun and um yeah i'm excited for people to hear it yeah, were you sending email files back and forth with your parts or you're actually in the room playing together no we time. got yeah we were in the room we were we were uh we got together in a studio close to us in LaSalle Park and um yeah we just listened down to all this stuff that was like um some of them were just you know jams that we did that we just go like you know just kind of hang out listen be like is this you know what could we do with this start breaking stuff apart start you know very like collaborative approach that um that I definitely like, I, I, it's, uh, it's almost like within Cold War Kids, there's like, you know, there's, there's five of us and being able to treat the approach of different records with sort of like, almost like making a different band within the band mm. is, is such a refreshing like way forward, which is, sometimes leaves people out. Sometimes it's a bummer, you yeah. know, but, um, but it's a way that has definitely kept me very interested and, in, and in to also, you know, not, you can't have five voices at all times. You can't have definitely. that demo democratic type of, you know, every, t every song you can't approach it the same way you go crazy. And I have gone crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as anybody who's made more than a couple <laughs> records together has, 
but um but yeah you learning how to sort of like utilize everybody's individual talents and to bring them in at the right times that becomes like you know the most important job do you normally start with bringing the songs yourself and then the band kind of contributes to the writing process or is Moss it could be songs? that um it could be that these were specifically because they were these kind of jams that we had done already we already knew we loved the feel of them um we just needed to kind of like unpack them and make you know let them grow more so um yeah i mean definitely uh, there's all kind of influences there's like I, I think we always want to do a very modern thing i know like most will always bring in like a spirit of i think this time more than ever like almost that kind of like manchester 80s sort of like Rip happy up. mondays even there's like a, a a dancier thing happening and um in some of these that is really great and then there's like a i don't know a more of like a contemporary rock thing and i think we have so many influences flying around all the time that i don't even like to necessarily say like you know i like to get as far as i can from like this song is like that song i want it i want all, everything that we do to be a cold war kids song and so i don't necessarily like i love influences but to a certain extent you know you can go you can go to that place where everything it's like is this cool because this sounds like the clash or is it cool okay. because it's just cool like any stranger can walk into the room and like feel it and that's like that's what i want you know what i mean like i i think it's easy to get into that trap of like oh this is cool it sounds like you know new order and it's like that doesn't make it cool yeah. it's cool because like you know there's a feeling art should not you know get a pass because it reminds you of something great it should it should communicate an authentic feeling that like has to be felt by the artist and so i think it's a you know when you have as much of a catalog as we have and as much of you know music all around us as we have it's great to have all those influences but you have to kind of forget them all at the same time yeah by the way i will say the new single what you say is amazing uh, we get sent Thank a lot of, yeah of course we get sent a lot of music and it's funny nathan i mean a lot of times bands send us a new record and you listen to it like wow i wish i loved that because i have to talk about this on the show sure <laughs> but i love this i love the song uh i've always been a fan of you guys Thank and actually you. like i said you have such an incredible body work and the new single is amazing i mean i dare i say it's a bit almost funky i mean it's got that element sure, where you yeah. can dance to it there's sort of a danceability to it where i feel like you know some of your other stuff has that but there's more of an like alt rock element to it so i sure. wonder when you're writing stuff i mean is it conscious that you just want to move people these days with everything going on or is it like hey i just fell into the moment i think so yeah i mean i think even the like you know the the pandemic record the sort of like uh quiet brooding um record it's like man i don't want anything to do with that i want like yeah. i was listening to a lot of sly and the family stone a lot of like d'angelo a lot of like um yeah just uh stuff that makes you feel good um which is not to say there's also always you know darker stuff on the record but like yeah i don't like i don't like twee i don't like uh the sort of uh tiny observations of a quiet life i want like i want bigger themes um and uh you know a bigger message a bigger like you know swing 
So, um, yeah, I think it's all there. Yeah, and there's a great video. It looks like you guys actually did it in like a bathroom. It's such a small space. And then you've got like- Oh, a, yeah, then, yeah. Then you've got a muscle car, which the whole time I thought you were cruising around LA and I think you're cruising around behind a green screen or something, but it's, right. a, it's a great it's video. It's a combination <laughs> of real and, oh, uh, it is. Okay. and okay. sort of false, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's exciting that you're out on the road, obviously with the Kings of Leon. I think that you guys worked with a MD, a musical director this time around, which is new for the band. Right. So how did that feel yeah. to kind of bring in a musical director and just, you know, I know you've never done that before. It's definitely a different thing because you're doing this shed tour. So I imagine it's different when you have yeah. like another perspective and you have someone coming from the outside to sort of say, hey, play these songs. And right. What was that like? For sure. For sure. I'm impressed that you know that you're you're doing your getting your research done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great, man. We had these guys come in and they do this for all kinds of um they do it for pop artists. They do it for all kinds of, you know, hip hop people. And it's like taking, taking your set and thinking about it a little bit through the lens of like, you're a rock band, but what would it be like if you're a little more like a DJ, you know? Like, and uh, so we've taken a bunch of songs for this 50 minute Kings of Leon set. Um, you know, some of them we jam out for a long time, typically in a, in a club or whatever. And, um, and it became a little bit of like, it, at first we were really uncomfortable with it. Like, all right, what if we cut off that third chorus, maybe even cut off that bridge just to, that means you could play two songs where before you could only play, you know, and then it be, kind of became like, ooh, now we're like, you know, finding the songs to put together to create these little medley sections of a set where there's a, just a whole different flow that all connects. And uh yeah, it's fun because you have this many songs, you cannot play them all. And you also, if you only play the, you know, whatever it is, your Spotify top 12 or something, you're going to get very bored. And so <laughs> like, it's a, it's a way to like kind of have it both, you know, you can shorten some of these songs or change the arrangements and, um, and just get away with more all around and kind of keep us on our toes. So it's like, it's really cool. It's interesting. You've been a band for, I think about 16 years now. So are there ever yeah. songs when you first start out? Like, I mean, obviously first is one of your biggest hits. I mean, are there ever songs that you're like, you know what? I wish I didn't have to play this that night. Or do you love every song that you play in the set? Mm. Uh, I mean, hanging up to dry is, is sort of the, the original song that, did well for us that that like it, you know that when it, it just you know when you're a band in the garage writing all these songs and you don't really know and they all seem like they are friends with each other they all belong to each other none of them are especially you know <laughs> superior um and then you go out in the festival and you go oh everyone this is the one um, and so you have to play it all the time and, and uh, years and years of that. I think it's a weird though. I think you get a certain type of callus towards it, like on your fingers with a guitar. You, it, there's, there is a period where you're like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to go crazy if I have to play that song again. Right. But something happens. I don't know. You know, something happens where it's just like, it's not there it's not even like individual songs anymore it's it's the whole it's the whole set it's the whole bigger picture yeah and and i was gonna say it's funny because the last record i think you worked with bonnie mcphee for one of the singles right complainer and so yeah. for this record did you use outside writers or was it just the band that did it together 
Uh, this is just the band. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, uh, I really, I think for that, for new age norms, yeah, we had a few for new age norms. One, we had Bonnie and we had Asa, uh, on a couple songs. Um, but yeah, the other two, we didn't really bring anybody else outside in for, for new age norms two and three. Um, and again, those things are, they're deliberate choices, but they're also sort of just like, if that seems right, if that flow, if, if we have a relationship to somebody who thinks that's, you know, a good idea to bring somebody in or whatever it is, like, um, but I still want to do more of that. I still want to um, explore more of that. But it's a, it's a funny thing to me. I, my personality, I think is very like, um, uh, it's, I love collaborating. And at the same time, if there's somebody there doing something that isn't helping the situation, then, uh, then I'm totally distracted. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and it, but it's interesting. Sometimes you could bring, um, sometimes somebody could stop by the studio and, you know, just want to say what's up for five minutes and it could totally change you know, the whole perspective in a room. That's why music is just so strange like that. Like how, how you're chasing the spirit of something great and some, like if you're spending a lot of time in the studio, you're going to lose sight of what that is a lot of times, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, um, and other people's opinions do matter. Um, and, and if somebody comes in and likes something that everybody else is going to feel good and, and, you know, there's an energy that comes with that. And, um, so, you know, there, you need to control like the environment and you also need there to be spontaneity. So it's like, um, I think I can be a little control freaky, but I also like, like to have a lot of people around. So there's, there's a lot of like, you know, yeah, that's I mean, the it, job. It, it works so well in the case of complainer though, because you wouldn't, it has your DNA all over the song. Oh yeah. You would never know that there was even outside writers, but are there people that you haven't collaborated with yet? Maybe there's a Kanye on like a dream list or something that you're like, you know, one day I'd oh, love man. to work with someone like that. Yeah, I, there's so many people I would love to work with. I I always want to work with Fiona Apple. I always want to do a song with Florence and the Machine. Um, I would love to do a song with Elvis Costello. I would love to do a song like I would love to do a song with James Blake. His, that yeah. new video he just put out is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many so many people out there I'd love to work with, and it. But even that is an interesting thing too because it's like there's the side of it that is like how do i say this it's like um sometimes like if you see an artist like on spotify doing a cover of a bigger artist and it's like that's a cool cover but you just need to find your best song you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. and that is sometimes even after all these years and after all the music that we've put out i definitely still feel that sense of like I don't think we've arrived. I don't think we've hit the nail on the head yet with whatever, whatever that means. And I don't think it's going to be a moment. I think it's something that you're obviously always pursuing and always chasing down. But like, um, yeah, I mean, that to me is what I've learned is that the next, next thing, it's always a hard thing because we're talking about new age norms three, but we've started this whole EP with Carlos that probably will come out sometimes next, sometime next year. And I'm listening to those demos right now. I'm listening to a lot of stuff on tour, getting really excited about it. 
and that's the thing for me that's like that's doing it and uh and that's where my head's at that's where i'm excited and and that keeps me engaged that keeps me from sort of like uh I don't know, always, always waiting six months or a year to start the next thing or whatever. Definitely. I mean, I, I would say you should definitely record Freedom because it was one of the better covers that I've yeah. seen. Uh, you did an incredible oh, version, right as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it's so great. So how did that come about? I mean, I love them. So tell me how, how it came about, because obviously Freedom is such a it's such a big undertaking to take on a song like that. Yeah. But you had, you know, background singers. There was percussion in there and it just really worked yeah. super well. So how did you pick that song? Any plans to record that song? I love the version, as I mentioned. Um, no plans to do like a more, well, let's see. So we had, we did a sort of like a, there is a version that we put out on Spotify that's on a, um, it's called the Strings and Keys. I think it's an EP. It's like a four song one. Um, so that version is really cool. And then there is, a, we, we did perform it some a live version. We haven't done a full, full band version of it. But I think, yeah, sort of like chasing that trail of like listening to stuff like, like whether, you know, Happy Mondays, we we're talking about Manchester stuff, like sort of more like drum machine psychedelic, but English and more like, uh, I don't know what, like Primal Scream stuff, stuff that has that sort of like, the prodigy even maybe in that sense gospel e um yeah i never really i never got super into prodigy i never heard them as much but like stuff that has that like gospel and the and blues but like sort of electronic sort of rock mm. um thing was so interesting in that time and so i think that just led us down this path lars stalfers and i in the studio one day we were realizing like wow that George Michael Freedom 90, that recording really like almost is the peak of the mountain of all those things coming together. Like how, how like dancey and gospel and kind of industrial and kind of like um, rock. And, and it's such a weird song. It's, it's a super long song. It's, but it's, yeah, I love that song. It's beautiful. It's one of those songs that everybody knows. And also when you, for us breaking it down and figuring out how we're going to perform it and you're like, Whoa, you know, you, it's such a the arrangement of the song and the chord progressions the way it's laid out it's like these it's it, it's brilliant it's it's just incredible so um yeah it was really fun to do that and then we also started we started playing live a version of freedom that had the beat from uh uh what's the song called uh uh, 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 fool's gold, uh, the, um, stone roses, fool's gold, um, has this beat that just, ding, 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 that just goes forever. You know, it's just like a bass line and a percussion and a, and a drum machine beat that just is the greatest, you know, chillest riff that just runs forever. And so we are using the stone roses riff or, or music to kind of, play chords and vocals of freedom 90 over that for a while, which was a very weird idea. And I think it kind of worked for a while. And I think that we might've been doing that up right up till pandemic hit. And we just kind of stopped doing that. And I forgot because I don't even, it was just like one of those things where I think musically, those were the influences. Those were what was happening and inspiring us. And so, um, and they're just things like, you know, that are 
in many ways, like really out of our wheelhouse, like not this sort of like, you know, uh, live and, and spastic more way that we've been. This is more like locked in groove thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll circle back and actually do a full band recording of that, but I think it could be a cool idea. It's just a classic song. Amazing. I actually thought it was Sympathy for the Devil when you first started playing it because you had that uh, impressive room. So yeah, I was right, like, right. I actually thought that's Same. what you were going into. But, uh, but anyway, it's, so the new record drops September 24th, I think New Age Norms, which is incredible. And the tour is taking you through LA September 21st. I think you're playing all the way through like October, Halloween, I believe, right? Yeah. And yeah, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I, and so that's exciting, right? You get to play in LA. I think you'll be in New York at Jones Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jones Beach, New York. We'll be at the Forum in LA with Kings of Leon. I mean, knock on wood, all all everything goes as planned. Um, but we're just like grateful to be taking it one day at a time. Definitely. And uh, any favorite, any places that you're really looking forward to performing at this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, Forum in LA is incredible. Meriwether Post Pavilion in, in Baltimore, DC area is just like an incredible venue. I mean, all these, um, yeah, uh, both of those are really exciting. The Forum in LA is, is crazy, really special. So definitely, I would say that's, a, all that. that's definitely a pinnacle of anyone's career between Madison Square Garden and the Forum for sure. Um, and last but not least, Nathan, I wanted to ask you five desert island discs that uh, you can't live without. We started doing this on the show and it's always interesting yeah. to hear what, what are the five desert island discs that people choose. So I'd love to hear your top five. Man. I mean, I'm just going to rifle them off because I can't think too hard about it because I'll definitely forget, you know, the things that are the greatest. I'm going to say, um, uh, okay, okay. I'm going to say Leonard Cohen, um, New, uh, new, what's the record called? New skins for the old ceremony. How is it called? Um, uh, I'm gonna say Slidestone. There's a riot going on. I'm gonna say D'Angelo Voodoo. One, two, three. I'm gonna say uh, the Clash Combat Rock, and I'm gonna say uh. We've been listening to this record. It's called a hooker and heat It's John Lee hooker and canned heat. Mm. Um, and it is insane. I just got turned onto it and it's so great. So amazing. I don't know if it's going to be my top five for life, but that's <laughs> right. the one right now. Well, there's probably three there <laughs> that I never heard of. So I have to go and research three of those for sure. But uh, check out the new record, new age norms three just out September 24th. Follow cold war kids everywhere. Instagram on the site everywhere. Great to see you again, by the way, I'd rather do this in person. But uh, I, think yeah, we, of course. I think we can hopefully do that next time when we're putting out New Age uh, 4 or something, Norms, right? That, yeah. <laughs> that might be yeah. coming around. Well, good luck on the tour. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to catch on one of these shows. And thank you, as always, for stopping by. Appreciate it. Thank you awesome. so much. Great yeah. to see you, Nathan. Have a good time. All right, you too. See you okay. soon. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer uncle drank the series also stars luke wilson brian kelly chelsea lynn kinky friedman and billy zane as a talking blender named blendy you can find the ballad of uncle drank on sirius xm pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcast bye you're listening to lips la with scott lips Thanks for tuning in, guys. Great show. Nathan's great. Love the band. Check out the tour. And as I said, New Age Norms out September 24th.
The new single, What You Say, just came out. The record's great. This is a great band with so many hits. Catch them on tour with Kings of Leon. Over and out. I will see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in.
Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.